You just spent a year's worth of savings to take your dream trip. You're excited and nervous, and with that head-in-the-clouds feeling, you step out into the bustling new city, unaware of what's around the corner. You struggle with your map, and you may try to figure out where you are when a friendly local approaches and offers to help you. What do you do? Although there are some really great people in the world, when you're traveling, it's hard not to stick out and attract the unwanted attention of scammers. Trust me, I've been there. Actually, this exact scenario. And we accepted the help. Only it wasn't that helpful. Kayla on the Road, the podcast is all about sharing stories about life on the road and at home as a digital nomad. Through stories, tips, and interviews, I want to inspire you to create your own travel memories by taking the overwhelm out of planning. Join me every week for a beer and a laugh as I recount some of my favorite travel stories, even the not-so-perfect ones, all while chatting logistics about planning your next or first trip abroad. Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Kayla on the Road, the podcast. I cannot believe that we've made it all the way to episode 10 already. I have to say, um, I have some of the best listeners out there. I appreciate every review, message, share, and yeah, I'm just so excited to keep bringing you new episodes weekly. So thank you for sticking around. If you're new here, welcome. I'm so happy that you decided to stop by. Today, I'm talking about something that a lot of travelers deal with on the road scammers. We have fallen for a few scams during our travels, three to be exact, but today I'm sharing six of the most common traveler scams with you. Are you ready to hear about the six common traveler scams and the three that we fell victim to? If you are a regular listener, you know that I've been cutting out beer and wheat from my diet for the last little bit, partly because of sensitivity reasons, but I've decided that I'm going to take my chances and start drinking beer again occasionally. Not as much as I was before, but you know, whenever I record a podcast or if there's a new beer that comes out and I really want to try it, um, I've discovered that most of my reactions to beer have to do with like congestion, so... It's not horrible. And uh, like I said, I'm going to take my chances and feel a little discomfort so that I can enjoy a beer with you all today. So today I'm drinking a beer called Timberhog. It's from Picaroons Brewing Company here in Fredericton, New Brunswick. It is a stout and I haven't had a stout on the show yet. So I'm really excited to try this one with you all today. If you're at home and want to have a drink with me, I totally encourage it. Um, I always think that stories are best told over a drink between friends. So cheers. Oh, that's an easy drinking stout. A lot of times, um, I stay away from stouts because I feel like they're going to be really heavy, but this one doesn't feel super heavy. So that's kind of nice. All right, let's just dive right in and start with scam number one. This first scam I like to call, you don't need the meter. This is one of the most common scams that we've encountered on the road from Costa Rica to Thailand and Vietnam. I've seen it everywhere. So it is not a location specific scam. The way this scam works is that when you hail a cab or you find a cab driver on the street somewhere and tell them where you're going, they tell you that their meter in the car is broken, or they conveniently forget to turn it on, 
only for you to arrive at your destination and get charged a exorbitant amount of money for the small trip that you took. I have to say the number one thing that you should do to avoid this scenario is always have an idea of how much a cab ride should cost you. I find that there are actually a lot of blogs and updates fairly often telling you how much a cab should cost in that area for that situation. If you have an idea of how much the cab is actually supposed to cost you, you're going to save yourself a giant headache because it means as soon as you get to that cab and tell the person you're going where you're going, you can negotiate with them and say, I'm not paying more than this amount. Um, That's another thing. It's definitely a great idea to agree on the price before you even get in the cab. Hold the door open. Don't put anything inside until you've agreed on the price that you're going to pay. And once that's said, if they agree on a price, get on in. Most people are really good and they stick to their words, especially if you're confident in what you're saying. If they tell you that they're going to run the meter and you get in and you realize that they haven't started the meter, insist that they turn it on. I think it's really important to remember that these cab drivers would much rather turn on the meter for you than cause a big scene. Chances are, if they're trying to pull this scam on you, they're trying to pull it on other people, and they may have been successful earlier on in the day. Another really great option for you in this case, if this is something that you are a little worried about, stick to something like Uber or another rideshare. Because you're paying in the app, you don't have to worry about agreeing on a price beforehand. It's all in there. It's done based on your map location. They are also monitored way more closely and rely on reviews to keep them going. So those Uber drivers are going to make sure that you get to where you're going in as little time as possible so that you give them a good review and they can keep doing their job. Something to really remember is that even if they do turn on the meter, there are some cab companies that fix the meter to run faster than it should, or they run the clock and drag out the trip by taking a bunch of back roads. If this is something that you're worried about, one of my best suggestions is to pull up your map app before you even get in the car and find the quickest route to where it is that you're trying to go. If they stray from the path, call them out on it. So in case you were wondering, we have not fallen for this scam. Thanks to some friends who warned us about it beforehand, we have definitely been in the situation where they wanted us to fall for this scam, but we insisted that they turn on the meter and followed it on an app So we knew exactly where we were going, how long it was supposed to take, and we got there without any issue. We paid the cab fee and left. Like I said before, they would much rather give in and just accept it than cause a big scene because that does not look good on them. If you are a regular listener, you probably already know that I have fallen for this next scam. It is called the only premium rooms available scam. At least that's what I call it. So the scam goes, you arrive at your hotel only to hear that they lost your reservation and unfortunately only have premium rooms left. The receptionist jacks up the price of the room that you've already purchased and you're none the wiser. So when this scam happened to us, we actually had not pre-booked. As I kind of mentioned in my hostels, hotel, and homestays podcast episode, we arrived in Vietnam It was our first day there. We took a cab to where our hostel was supposed to be and found out that it no longer existed. So we ended up walking and walking until we came to this hotel. 
Now we went inside. It did not look busy at all. The front desk receptionist looked like she could fall asleep any moment, but she informed us that the only room they had available was the premium room. You know what? We took it. At that point, I didn't even care that it was a scam. I'm pretty sure I knew it was a scam as she was saying it, but I was so exhausted and the thought of not having a bed for the night really, really made me anxious. So we said, sure, we'll take it. And that's it. Any other time, I probably would have just walked away, especially if it was the middle of the day, it was still light out and things like that. But when you pull up at 11 o'clock at night and it's a party weekend and people are outside drinking and you are exhausted from a 24-hour flight, the the last thing you want to do is try to stumble around in the dark to find a new place to stay. The best way to avoid this scam is to tell them, thanks, but no thanks. There are probably lots and lots of other options nearby who won't charge you the extra. Another great thing is to pre-book online with your credit card and bring all of your documentation to prove that you have already paid for the room. Andrew is a giant planner. So whenever we do pre-book our things online and pay with a credit card, he makes sure to print off the receipt and any of the communication and the emails and the address. And we never have to worry about that. I think it's probably something that we've we've adopted since our time in Vietnam. But from now on, moving forward, we will not be falling for that premium room scam anymore. I can tell you that. Another great thing to do is to ask to see the room before you agree to it. This will give you an opportunity to kind of suss out the hotel, see if it's actually as busy as they say it is, and check out the room that they want to charge you as a premium room. If it's not that great, don't do it. Like I said, there's probably tons of other hostels or hotels in the area who are willing to charge you way less for a bed. All right. Scam number three. I like to call this one, you spilled something. This is a common one in large, busy areas where you don't have a lot of space to yourself. Obviously, probably not a problem right now thanks to COVID-19, but still something to be aware of. So here's the scam. You're walking down the street and out of nowhere, someone spills something on you. As they try to help you clean up, an accomplice of theirs grabs your valuables. The best way to avoid this one? Simple. It may be rude, but don't let them help you. Find the nearest restroom and deal with it yourself. Another thing to remember is to stay calm. Don't give into the panic and focus on yourself and your valuables. Now that you know that it's a thing, you can be way more aware of it. Another great thing to do is to just avoid places that are overcrowded. Again, COVID-19, thank you for showing up now. Maybe this scam will start to disappear. (laughs) Who knows? I have not fallen for this scam, but I have seen it happen to someone. At the time, I don't think I realized that it was a scam, but Upon talking to some other people, reading some blogs online, I found that this is actually a fairly common scam. I think mostly it happens in some of the more European countries um, as opposed to like the Southeast Asian countries. But I don't know. If If you've experienced this one and it's been in somewhere that wasn't in Europe, let me know. I would love to know. All right. Number four. This scam is the 
let me help you with that map scam. I kind of gave it away in the intro, but I have fallen for this scam. So to give you a little bit of context around the, the scam itself, we were in Thailand. It was one of our first days there, and we didn't have much time before we had to make a reservation. I can't remember if it was a check-in somewhere or if we were taking a, a, a plane or something to somewhere else, but I know we didn't have a ton of time. So because of that, we were trying to explore some nearby areas and just waste some time. While we were doing that, we found this lady. She told us, hey, I know of this really great floating market nearby. And we thought, yeah, that's great. Okay, if it's nearby, we can definitely go check out a floating market. Um, Little did we know, the next thing that happened, we got pushed into a tuk-tuk, brought to the other end of the city, where they tried to get us on a boat. And when we asked how long the boat ride was and how much it cost, we said, heck no, and got out of there. So... I'm glad we only fell for half of the scam. We did have to pay for the tuk-tuk over to the other side of the city, which sucked. That was money that we didn't need to spend. And not only that, but we ended up not wanting to trust any other tuk-tuk drivers. So we walked all the way back to our hostel. It was horrible. I hated it. Um, But I will never do that again. All that to say that there are some nice people in the world who actually do want to help you. But if you are looking for something to do in the area, I always think it's best to ask the hotel or the hostel staff. Chances are they have a little bit less to gain if they recommend you to someplace than someone who is hired to promote this floating market. I would say the best way to avoid these are be as polite as possible and just say no thank you for their help. Have a plan before you leave the hostel or hotel and be confident and not too approachable. That is one of the biggest things that Andrew and I have realized on vacation is that we smile a lot. And because of that, people think that we are approachable. So we get hit up for scams way more often than we should. And that's probably why we fall for scams way more often than we should. We believe the best in people. So if you look like you're going to raise a fuss, people will avoid you. Like I said before, with the cab cab drivers, they don't want to cause a fuss. They don't want to look like a bad guy. And so they would much rather move on to the next person than waste their time on you if you are not giving them anything to work with. Scam number five. You ready for this one? This one is called, let me take a photo of you. So here's the scam. You and your travel companion are hanging out next to the big attraction that everyone came to see. You're snapping photos, taking in the sights when someone approaches and offers to take a photo of you. Before you know it, your volunteer photographer is nowhere to be found and neither is your phone or your camera. Has this happened to you before? All right. Number one thing here, best way to avoid this scam is to not let anyone hold your valuables. Keep them close. Make sure that you and your traveling companion are the only one touching them and know where they are at all times. Another really important thing to keep in mind is that if you have something like your phone or your camera out in a very crowded area, people are probably watching you flaunt that around and are watching to see where you put it back. So always be aware of where it is in your bag so that if someone tries to make a move for it, you know what they're going for. Another thing that you can do to avoid this scam is to practice that selfie arm. 
I know a lot of people don't realize that you can actually press the volume buttons on most phones to snap the picture while you're in camera mode instead of trying to reach for that center button. So if it's Instagram that you're trying to do, make a video of it on your phone and then post later or take a picture of it on your phone and post later. One other great option is to find another group of travelers and offer to do a photo exchange. You take a photo with their phone and they'll take a photo with yours. It's a little bit less likely that another tourist group is going to run off with your phone. Chances are they are in the same position as you where they want that picture, but they are not going to risk their phone giving it to a complete stranger. But if they're in the same boat as you, it's a little less likely that that's going to happen. All right, we have made it to the end. And if you've been paying attention, you know that there is still one more scam that Andrew and I have fallen for. And this is it. This one is called That Attraction is Closed. Here's the scam. You hop in a cab to the attraction you've been dying to see, but when you tell the cab driver where you're going, they inform you that the attraction is closed for a religious reason or a holiday or some other lie. Instead, they bring you to a shop that you would never have gone to and pressure you to make a sale. We did fall for this scam, but it was a bit different. We showed up to the wrong door of the attraction that we wanted to see. We got to the back door and were told by a staff member that they were closed for the morning. Instead, he told us that his friend would take us to see some smaller temples before coming back in the afternoon to check out this attraction. We said, heck yeah, we wanted to see some attractions anyway. So we got in the tuk-tuk and he did take us to some of the temples, but he also took us to a couple stores that belonged to his buddies. Now this driver, this tuk-tuk driver was super honest with us and we really appreciated that. So he told us that they actually had a deal with a lot of the shop owners. I think this is a fairly common thing that happens in some of those areas, but they had a deal that if we bought anything in the store, he would get a gas coupon from the store. So we said, great. He was, a like I said, he was actually really nice. He took us to the temples and he was very knowledgeable in a lot of the things that we were seeing. And so I felt comfortable making that small purchase so that he could get the gas coupon. I think we bought like a keychain or something, but we still saw him receive the coupon from the store owner, which was great. It could have gone a lot worse for us for sure. Um, but it was a scam. We fell for it. Now, hopefully you won't. I think the best way to avoid this one is to be aware of the times and days that the attraction that you're hoping to see is open. Check it out online. Check to see if other people are there. You can see geo filters and things like that on Instagram. Check to see if anyone has checked in there today. Things like that will help you not make this mistake. Another thing, much like number one, don't get in the cab until you've agreed on the location. So if you are in the boat where you are coming from your hostel, you tell the cab driver you're going to this attraction, don't get into that car until he agrees to take you to the location. Just insist that that is where you're going to go or tell him you'll get another driver. Chances are he will bring you to that place because he would rather get that one fare from you than lose out on the 10 minutes it took to get to you. Another way to avoid this scam 
know where the main entrance is. This is something that we learned the hard way and we will never make the mistake of doing this again. Always know which entrance is the main entrance, know where the back entrance is, and try to look confident if uh, things aren't going properly. I think that's another thing. We just, we did not look confident in where we were going. So when someone offered to help us, we said, yeah, help us. And that's when we fell for it. So all that to say, be vigilant, know the scams and stay calm. If you've listened to this podcast, you're already ahead of where we were on our first trip. So good on you for taking the initiative to learn about these things ahead of time. I have a great guest lined up for you next week, and I hope that you join me again. My friend Allison is going to be joining me to chat about her most recent travels with her husband, as well as their experience as trusted house sitters. If you've ever wanted to travel the world, stay in cool places, and take care of people's pets for a small yearly fee, this is the app for you. So we're going to be talking about that next week with Allison. I cannot wait for you to hear what she has to say and hear our little catch-up. So yeah, if you don't want to miss it, I would hit that subscribe button right now so that when it hits the podcast players next week, it'll be delivered right to your favorite listening device. Thanks again for joining me this week. I know that thinking about scams can make some people even more nervous, but I believe that knowledge is power. And the more you know before you get on the road, the better off you're going to be. Happy planning, everyone. And I cannot wait to see you on the road soon.